Oh, shit. Are you drinking a beer? I am drinking an alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Oh, shit. I want to drink a beer on pod. Yo, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I'm oh. beer. <laughs> All right. I've never even had this before. It's found it in my fridge. Did you just open it? Yep. You can it didn't, hear that? It didn't, it didn't catch. These microphones These, are really good. Yeah, they're they're too good. That's <laughs> really good. Wow. Oh my goodness. No, no free, no free ads, but um whatever microphones that we purchase, Michael, are, are definitely worth it. Yeah, and if you are a microphone purveyor, please reach out. We would love to whore ourselves out. <laughs> Absolutely. We will sponsor your microphone as long as it won't catch the beer opening sound of our of our adult beverages and let's not stop at beer or sorry not or let's start at beer what am i saying let's <laughs> not a... <laughs> let's not stop at microphones anything you you have beer uh uh laptops apple products um uh, i would love to whore myself out for those uh yeah um teslas like like we, we could advertise teslas here Elon Musk. I'll Elon. take back everything I said about Elon Musk. <laughs> yep, that's great. Corporate sellout is like the reason to become a podcaster, right? Yeah, that's half the reason I did this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like 98%. Do I really got to be the asshole that says we got in this thing and went back in time? It must be some kind of hot tub time machine. Welcome, everyone, to a very special episode of Hot Take Time Machine. I'm Michael Adibo, uh, one of your hosts, and I'm joined by my co-host, uh, the Ryan from Earth 1616, Ryan Trepanier. How are you doing, Ryan? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great, Michael. I did not get that reference, but uh, that's that's okay. I'm sure I'm sure that's our real world. Is that is that canon? Is that a canon event that just happened? That is a canon event. Um, Earth sixteen sixteen. I can't remember which one that is, but the MCU Earth is Earth nineteen ninety nine. I believe. I think sixteen sixteen is uh, the Earth of our main character of a movie that we're about to uh, get into. And what movie is that? Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Is that is that the title? Across the Spider Verse. You got that right. Every time I hear that, I think uh, I think of that really mm, that movie that a lot of people loved about the Beatles, Across the Universe. The you have no I think idea what I'm talking about. No, no, I know what you're talking about. I think we've talked about it before. You didn't like it. No, I never saw it. Never saw it. Oh, yeah, no. I promise we haven't talked about that. Oh, fair enough. One of the few things. Well, anyway, that's not what you came here for today. You came here for Spider Man. Yes, that's right. Uh, the new Spider-Man movie, it just came out. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday. It came out last Friday. We yeah. both caught it over the weekend. And yeah. I am so ready to talk about this movie. We went a full 24 hours without talking about it because we wanted to talk about it here on Hot Take Time Machine. But wait, Michael. Wait, Michael. Before you can talk about it, 
What have you been watching that isn't Spider-Man? <laughs> I'm going to make you wait five more minutes to talk about Spider-Man. God damn it. Um, <laughs> absolutely nothing. My my entire life has been disarray over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think the only thing I've watched, I mean, I started Jury Duty, um, the show, not the actual thing. And um, the new season of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson came out, season three okay. on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, I've watched about half of it. Hilarious, love it. Tim Robinson can do no wrong. Great. Is show. that the is that the sketch comedy thing you showed me? It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, Michael. Um. What I've been watching, and I won't wait for you to ask me. That's fine. Um. On your recommendation, on the on the passion that you had for it when we talked about it, and honestly, I don't know if you talked about it in the future or in the past, depending on when these episodes get released. That's the magic of the time machine, baby. <laughs> so we'll figure out when you actually mentioned this for the first time. Um, but you talked about jury duty, and I gave it a go. And once I finished that first episode, I was done that series in like a day and a half. That I'm really surprised to hear that because... Uh, we talked about the rehearsal, you know, yep. prior to this, the creation of this pod, uh, the Nathan Fielder show, and you weren't the biggest fan. So I, I think the biggest difference between the rehearsal and jury duty is that the person at the center of the show doesn't know what the show is about in jury duty, right? Doesn't realize what's going on. And that makes the show a bit more sincere and authentic to me that they are just reacting to these ridiculous situations. But in rehearsal, your main character is the one creating these situations. And we're not really getting the same perspective and insight of all the people that he's affecting in his rehearsals, right? It's focusing on him and his experiment. Whereas we're focusing on the subject of the experiment in jury duty. And it's awesome. It's fantastic. That's fair. I guess in a way it's kind of like a reverse rehearsal. Um, kind of, yeah. But I mean, you still have people at the center of it who literally don't know what is going on and they're still reacting <laughs> to all this crazy shit that Nathan Fielder is doing. And they do a little bit, right? Like they are they're being hired, you know, the the child actors that are being hired to play a child for eight <laughs> hours or whatever, right? Like there there's a little bit of transparency, but with jury duty, this like this trick they pull on this guy, but also the fact that it's ne it never feels like a trick. Like you haven't finished, Michael, so I don't wanna I don't wanna say too much, I don't wanna give it away or anything, but this show is never mean. The show is not about making fun of this guy for falling for this this elaborate hoax. It is it is a show with so much heart, and I don't really get that in the rehearsal. I'll I'll give you that. I think when the rehearsal ended, uh, one of the big criticisms of the show was that it did feel kind of mean spirited um, yeah, on yeah. on Nathan's part. So I'll give you that. Um, I I do think it's incredible what they did on jury duty and how intricate everything is and how well everyone played their characters uh yeah, i don't yeah. i don't know how some of these people didn't break character or maybe they did and we just didn't see that how far are you you haven't finished it right uh i'm embarrassed to say i'm only on the third episode that's okay that's okay it like i think i think you have seen 
I mean, I don't really want to spoil it, but there's a gadget that our friend, that our our cybernetic yes. friend uses. Uh, yes, I have seen that. <laughs> and that that moment is just it's just pure comedy. And I know a little bit more about that scene um, because the I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil much. Feel free to cut this out, Michael. But the this is a seven episode season, mm-hmm. not an eight episode season, even though. There are eight episodes. The eighth episode is the reveal. It's a like kind of behind the scenes a little bit. It, it, exactly. It's like 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 yeah. now he knows. Like he figures it out. Obviously, like like we have to tell him what what the joke is, right? Like yeah. we we have to reveal that we've done this. The show wouldn't make any sense if he didn't do that. So the eighth episode is basically behind the scenes, showing and talking to all these people who he now knows are are players in the game. I, I like that. I think that's I think that's a cool thing to do with your last episode. It, it it's fantastic. It's like a it's like a it feels like an extra episode, right? Like it, it's yeah. it's a it's a cool thing. Um, and he's talking to these actors about some of the things that like were insane to him, but did not trigger the the this is a reality TV show in his head. And one of those moments is, of course, the, the chair. The, the chair stilts or whatever they're, whatever they're called. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say um, I still think Nathan Fielder is the king of this type of genre just because it literally gets to the point and not so much in Nathan for you, more so in the rehearsal where you're even you as a viewer are not sure what is real and what is being played up for jokes or what's a prank right and all the lines get blurred um if you're listening to this i mean of course check out the rehearsal definitely check out nathan for you but i think his best work to date is the last episode the series finale of nathan for you called finding francis and i mean in 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 few few words to describe it basically um one of the character actors from a previous episode of Nathan for you, Nathan befriends him and decides to help him find his long lost uh, high school love. And this man is uh, quite old. He's supposed to be a Bill Gates impersonator. He's not very good at it. And he helps him find his high school love named Francis. And what, what carries on is about an hour and a half of Nathan not only helping him, but also uh, this old man kind of helping Nathan at the same time, and it's done in a it's done in a really nice way. It's got the heart that I think that the rehearsal was missing, um, but yeah, it, it's it's a great commentary on uh, loneliness and isolation and all of those great things. Um, so yeah, there's my recommendation in place of what yeah. I. Have. Well, yeah, way, way to way to hijack my what I watched. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say I've been recommending the jury to everybody, and I wouldn't do that with Nathan for you or with the rehearsal. I would not recommend anyone watch that. I would w- recommend a certain type of person. A little bit jury harsh. duty. Jury. Well, no, no, no. I mean, jury duty feels like a lighter version of Nathan for you. Um, I think it's more fun to watch. I think it's easier to watch. And I think it's just as rewarding. Um, James Marsden playing James Marsden is is the best. Fantastic! <laughs> it, like, and you don't even know. Like, you're not even. 
Michael, you have like so much to to enjoy it, and I I'm kind of glad I finished it before you, and now it's like my gift to you. Um, Interesting. But... <laughs> it's incredible it's incredible but um i'm looking forward to the time off and uh catching up on all this all these shows that i've been neglecting so that's good to know you are going to be on a plane for a few hours right exactly i'm going to be on Um, a lot of planes flight number one nine three seven i believe um Is that a lost reference? No, no, no. I was just picking a flight number to make it sound like I was giving your flight number away. Um, I will mention very, very quickly, I don't want to talk about them too much, but I saw Little Mermaid, um, and I just recently watched the original. Maybe I'm going to get like lampooned for saying this. Uh, fish pun. Um, but... Oh. Brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> I love the new one. Like, I love these remakes when they when they make a better movie and and honestly this is a more enjoyable better movie if you're not a four-year-old child uh i i loved the little mermaid and uh i can't wait for it to be out in disney plus so i can play it a hundred times for myself yeah and then the other the other movie really quickly i watched our namesake i've yeah. never seen the hot uh, the hot tub time machine and uh it was it was fine <laughs> Your letterbox <laughs> review says different. My letterbox review warns no one to name their podcast after this movie. Advice it's, I don't take. It's too late now. <laughs> Some cost fallacy in action. Yeah, well, um, d- it definitely made me laugh in points. Um, I kind of wanted more for it, but maybe I'm being unfair. Um, yeah, yeah. Hot tub, hot tub time machine crossed off my list. Now I have to watch the sequel. All right. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, I think yeah. it's time to talk about the main attraction, something that we're both very excited to talk about, which is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. The sequel to 2018's Into the Spider-Verse. Um, this movie... We're gonna do. I think we're gonna do a spoiler-free talk at first, yeah, and then yeah. we'll transition into a spoiler spoiler alert. Um, so there's gonna be a giant spoiler alert at some point, and we will warn you. So um, you will get a little bit of spoiler-free talk, but um, the last half of this, I mean, it's hard to talk about without spoiling it. So um, this movie, I have to say. From the first second that it starts, from that first frame of animation, yeah, I hated it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> You're like, oh god, they're doing more of the same. I hate this <laughs> bullshit. No, I I loved it. I loved it. Um, god, wow, what it, like? I think the mark of a really great movie, and I might get lampooned for this. Maybe we should throw a hot take on this. I don't know, but I think the mark of a really great movie is when it entertains, but it's also a great piece of art, and that's what this movie is. It is beautiful to look at, visually stunning. Um, You might even get overstimulated at points, but goddamn, if it is not 
so entertaining like a feast for the eyes truly step aside james cameron (laughs) well and that's you know what that's just it one of the things that we do with technology is is we assume that you know we want our graphics to look more realistic i'm a i'm an old man michael you know this i started playing video games on the nes and then the snes and you just want your graphics to get better, right? And then you play like a PS4 game and you're like, wow, these are like real people. This is the this is the pinnacle of video gaming. This is the pinnacle of art. But then you realize when you get old enough that that's not actually, art isn't just recreating the real thing as much as you can. It's about an artistic expression. And that's what Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse are, right? They are... They're intentionally doing something with this animation style, with with everything that they do. You feel like you are reading a comic book. You feel like you're flipping through a comic book. You just said, mm. you know, sometimes you get overwhelmed. The feeling that you do getting overwhelmed is you try and flip through a, a comic book in five seconds, figuring out if you want to buy it. Like there are moments in the movie that feel like that. It's it's incredible. I, I do not know how they did it again. I really don't. Something I forgot to mention, uh, we both saw this movie in IMAX. So, um, you know, there was even more uh, visuals, even more stunning visuals to look at. Um, And to your point, to your last point, I don't know how they, I I mean, like I had my doubts going in, you know, um, just like a little bit of cautious optimism, you know, it's been a while since the first one. Can they recapture yeah. the magic? A lot of animated movies since Into the Spider-Verse have kind of bit from their style. I mean, like the yeah. Puss in Boots, uh, The Last Wish, for example. I was well, like, even they... Sorry, the, the, up, the upcoming uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles looks yep. like that too, right? Like they're definitely yep. ripping from this. Yeah. So going into it, I was like, can they recreate the magic, elevate it? Or is it just going to be more of the same? Either way, I was frankly just happy to see this movie. But let me tell you, they outdid themselves. They, it was like, it was like watching. Here's another basketball analogy for our uh, <laughs> original hot take time machine fans. Yeah. It was like watching Kobe drop like 60 points, dude. Like, wow. Well, see, I I don't know. It's it, for me, or maybe it was like uh, Jordan like the, going like, back to back, or or like know. the two thousand and three Pistons, where you got five guys on the floor just like making a mess out of it, right? Like like they're all working together because importantly, and, and this isn't a spoiler. This mm. is this is not one person's movie, right? Yes, yeah. In, in, Into the Spider Verse, I think, is very much Miles Morales's story. Mm-hmm. This one is a little bit different than that. It um, is. Obviously, Miles Morales is a is a key part, um, and I don't want to really say too much more until we go into our spoiler section. But but they they you know they jump off from that. They they explore different things from that starting point, and it's it's incredible and it's in, it's very smart. Um, yeah. The one thing I'll say about this movie is it wasn't. Like, it is not Into the Spider-Verse Part 2 at all. Like, I, I cannot stress that enough. This is not a continuation 
in terms of tone or or even story beats like this is a very different movie from the first one that's not to say you won't like it if you liked the first one you're you're, you're gonna love it but um i i think they they did something a little bit different a little bit darker a little bit more story based i don't know if that's fair to say like the first one got a great story but i think it's a good balance of uh you know being plot driven but also being character driven you know yeah. uh, even though you know as you said they are taking the focus a little bit from from miles it's still very much his movie and like he is still the heart of the movie but other characters um you know well, one in particular which we'll talk about in the spoiler section is also the heart of this movie and yeah. uh, you know just in the same way that they've expanded the scope of the characters they've also expanded the uh the palette the the art pal- the, the palette of colors and different art forms and art styles used in this movie and it's just it's just wonderful to look at and yeah i i'm i, I i'm almost speechless just how great this movie was I don't I don't have the desire to go rewatch movies when they're in the theaters very often but I am like currently looking at my schedule as we podcast to figure out when I can go see this again like that that's the point I'm at right now I'm I don't so want to glad make... you're you're present and here for this <laughs> podcast Ryan in the moment I, I am I I am I'm I'm I'm, I'm living in the Spider-Verse uh I too often, and we've talked about the MCU a lot, right? Too often, these movies don't have enough in them to justify rewatching them. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to rewatch an MCU movie because there's not enough in there. I honestly don't feel like I got 50% of what was in Across the Spider Verse. I feel like I probably missed 50% of what they were showing me because there is so much that they're showing you and they're mm-hmm. not treating you they're not treating you like like a child uh, which is to say very quickly this is not for kids like i, I get mean, that spider-man is is a kid hero I mean, for sure i think i think kids can still go to the movie it's not like it's not like um how guardians 3 is like veering away from being a kid's movie this is still you know for kids i think it, it it's two it's two hours and twenty minutes long. Yeah, those it, kids will it be is, fine. It's very I don't know, like, but all all of that is to say there is a lot on the screen. Um, they use the format of the comic book, uh, especially the the reference. You know, if you've ever read comic books before, there's always like you know for see Captain America's uh, adventures in in issue thirty seven, right? Like. There's references to other works. There's definitions of things that you probably don't know. Again, not this is, I, I promise this isn't spoilers. But the point is, like, there is a lot in there for you. And that leads me to a question I have to you, Michael. Are you a Spider Man comic reader? Like, did you get any, some, most Proudly. of all these Easter eggs? Proudly. Proud uh, Spider Man comics fan. Um, I haven't read every single spider-man comic out there but 
I was pretty familiar with most of what happened in this movie. And in terms of the references, um, again, it's not a spoiler to say that there are many Spider-Men in this movie. It's mm-hmm. it's in the trailer. I, I think that's fair. Um, like you recognize some of these, most of them. Yeah, yeah. And and the great thing too is, you know, don't let that be a deterrent to anyone that hasn't read the Spider-Man comics. You can still get quite a lot out of this without having read any of the comics like if you've even played a spider-man video game if you've seen the previous live action movies wink wink nudge nudge if you've uh, watched any of his many animated tv shows Mm -hmm. there's still a lot in there for you not a frame of this movie is wasted yeah and and for me like for me my only experience to spider-man is the live action Spider-Mans. I haven't read a single Spider-Man comic, haven't watched a single animated Spider-Man show, didn't watch the original like the the Japanese Spider-Man from the 70s. I didn't watch I don't watch any of this. Um and so I I loved it. And and I knew like I knew that I wasn't getting everything. Like I knew when there were references I wasn't understanding, but I was like, "Oh, that's still funny." Right. Like that's still a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't care. I've um, said this several times before, but it is such a good time to be a Spider-Man fan. I mean, between, you know, these Spider-Verse movies, uh, what's happening in the MCU, the video games, um, you know, there's a new animated TV show every couple of months, every couple of years. Sorry. It's just a good time to be a Spider-Man fan. And um, yeah, it, it's it's wonderful to see, and to have Miles Morale, Morales be the center of this whole Spider Verse thing is just—it's wonderful. I I almost wish that I was a younger kid because I think if I was a young kid seeing this, like this would do wonders for my imagination and you know for me growing up to see that type of representation on screen yeah i remember when miles morales was announced um, in the comics and people hated him you know so to see him being embraced and like the face of this incredible animated movie it's uh it's wonderful it's yeah it it's just great to see yeah yeah and and i think uh, especially in this one, right? Like Spider-Man in Into the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales, sure, it's his movie, but it's almost as much Peter... Is it Peter B. Parker? Yeah. What, yeah. What, it's his, almost, his mentor, right? Yeah, his mentor. It's almost as much Peter B. Parker's movie, right? Like they're, once Peter B. Parker is on screen, they're sharing the stage the whole time. And, and Can Peter I... B. Can I just share something really funny that happened in my theater when yeah, Peter yeah. B. Parker showed up on screen? Someone oh, are we, in the are we? Is that are we spoiling? Is that a spoiler? I mean, I think he's on the poster. Okay, he's, okay. and he's in the he's in the trailer. Okay. All but, right, that's fair. Peter B. Parker is in yeah. this movie. Spo- I hope I didn't. I hope I didn't just ruin your uh, ruin your experience. <laughs> Damn it! I- <laughs> when he showed up, um, yeah, some some girl from the back of the theater was like, oh, Peter. (laughs) (laughs) This movie, it's the movie is called Across the Spider-Verse. This movie takes you to a lot of places. 
this movie makes you journey very far. And so when we actually do get these anchors of characters that we've seen before in the previous movie, it is actually super comforting. It's like, oh, oh, I know, I know him. I know, I know her. Um, and so those moments, I mean, I we didn't have anyone swoon in our in our movie theater, <laughs> but those moments are really important because as as you've alluded to, there's so much going on. I cannot believe how much they crammed into this movie. And and it doesn't feel long, it doesn't feel stuffed. No, but not at all. It's yeah. just well, and even to that point, like I wouldn't even say the movie is is the movie isn't fast. Like there it takes its time for sure. It, it does, especially in the beginning. Like it it's it's paced in a very interesting way for a a a second movie, a superhero movie. Like I oh, I cannot get enough of it. I don't know how much more you want to say. I want to start spoiling the hell out of this movie. I was um, thinking but... the same thing, Ryan. Okay. So okay. right here, we're going to throw in a big old spoiler alert. Okay. Um, from here on in, we're going to be spoiling across the Spider-Verse, talking about the plot points and what happens in the movie. If you don't want to hear what happens in this movie, turn back now. Yeah, turn your, your hot tub time machine back five minutes and get out. Or... Just continue to listen, but leave it on mute because it's good for our analytics. <laughs> no, no, we we don't want you like fudging the numbers. We want to be top legitimately. We don't want bots controlling us. <laughs> <laughs> um, just come back, do what I do with podcasts, where I pause it at the spoiler alert, and then seven weeks later, I come back to the podcast because I watched the thing they're talking about. What did you say? I said, help us become number one. Oh, man, I, I hate my stupid, my stupid sound thing. I'm always muting myself. Don't, don't edit this, Michael. People need to know I'm an idiot. So thank you. I'm going to replay that over and over. <laughs> Please don't make that your ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new ringtone after um, last week's episode. <laughs> or well i don't know if last where this is gonna I, be exactly you have no idea now you're an idiot <laughs> you have Welcome no idea to the time machine <laughs> uh all right let's start talking about it that i want to go first that cold open like you were just thrown into this you're in the perspective of gwen and you're like what where the fuck are we what are we doing and that, like, just story of her world and her origin or whatever, it was so fantastic. And then the title card comes up. I look to my partner. And I'm like, the movie hasn't even started yet. Like, this is this is the this is the preamble to the movie. It's pretty incredible that they started the movie off that way. And like, it. it I'm so glad that they did because it really lays the groundwork for what happens later in the movie. Um, the fact that we got to know Gwen a little bit more. And I mean, I, I can't really say much more that you haven't already said so far. But one thing I will note is the color palette of her world. I mean, like, it, it's just amazing. Like, the color palette changes with the mood of the scene and yeah the, it looks like watercolors which is actually pretty accurate for uh spider gwen's comics so 
just already like my jaw was on the floor watching this yeah it's just it's so beautiful so beautiful and and every world that we go to is it's like it really is like a comic book because every world feels drawn by a different artist right like we're going to different styles uh and not to jump ahead but like that that is the beauty of this this movie reminds you but not in a an overt way that we are reading a comic book we're not watching a movie we, we are very much reading a comic book right and it's oh it's just it's so incredible so to start the movie to have like the the confidence to be like remember miles morales yeah neither do yeah, we yeah. We're, we're starting with what <laughs> And uh, and I was like, what? Like, I know, smiles? I know. It was it was kind of crazy to see. And then yeah, because this whole beginning sequence, like with Gwen um, and her band, and then fighting the uh, um, what's his name, uh, the vulture, the vulture from like uh, Leonardo da Vinci, the Renaissance, yeah, the yeah, Renaissance, Renaissance vulture, Renaissance vulture, and. You know, the the whole thing with her dad and him thinking that she has killed Peter Parker. I mean, that that whole I I don't know. It felt like that must have been like 15 minutes or something like that's a good chunk of the beginning of the movie. I know. I, I really do want to, like, if I do go see this movie again, I'm going to bring a notepad. I'm going to have my watch on me and I'm going to do a little bit more like detective work. But yeah, it was it was a good amount to start the movie. And it didn't feel like credit sequences. It felt like we were thrown into the movie. And for it not to be Miles Morales was just so shocking and awesome. I love when my expectations are subverted. Well, I mean, especially the fact that this beginning scene introduces uh, Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hara, and Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew. Um, And it's also action-packed, so it doesn't feel like it doesn't belong at all. Like, it's, I think, great way to start the movie. Um, by this point, we're fully in, and then that brings us to uh, Miles's story. What What is especially clever, and I do want to mention this, because I, I, made, I made a similar comment about Guardians. If you remember, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has, like, a, I think it's a stinger right like it's a it's or it's a mid credit scene or something like that and the mid the mid credit scene is in this movie but it's not in this movie until like an hour and a half so the fact that they like or or an hour at least an hour into the movie is when we actually get this stinger of miles sleeping in his bed or or listening to music in his bed and gwen comes in through a portal to pull him out right that happens in into the spider verse that is that is a stinger that we get. I actually don't think that's a stinger. I think that's like the last scene of the movie. The really? stinger, yeah, the stinger for Into the Spider Verse is uh, Miguel O'Hara, the like Spider Man twenty ninety nine, um, like doing his thing. Like that's where you see his like AI or oh whatever. really? Yeah. Oh yeah, his computer okay. thing. It's actually yeah. part of the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but but e- even so, the fact that the end of that movie is set in a time that is actually halfway through this movie and is not the beginning or even close to the beginning of this movie is incredible. Like it's such a it's such a cool subversion again, just like what Guardians did with their previews. 
and uh, like it really sets you up you have no idea there is no following like what's going to happen next but in a good way not in an unintelligible way yeah yeah so that brings us to miles's story um where we meet miles in the movie he is uh, i think he's preparing to go to university there's like i guess this might be an american thing you meet with a guidance counselor and uh the parents are there and they're basically trying to figure out what is miles's story right? <laughs> yes such <laughs> a good phrase in classic spider-man fashion uh miles is nowhere to be found instead he is fighting villain of the week the spot i have a question for you michael before we go is is the spot real is this is this a that, that is a real uh spider-man villain a villain that uh like peter parker like fights okay i don't i don't think he's a part of the miles morales comics unless i'm misremembering but yes he is a real villain and does he have the same power as this spot or is it different same power um i don't think it's as i don't think he gets involved in like the multiverse stuff as much but the okay. fact that his spots kind of teleport things that is that is a real thing Okay. Um, another thing that just came to mind is that the spot in the comics, very true to in this movie, is also kind of seen as a joke, just because he's got this kind of really silly power, right? So the <laughs> yeah. fact that, you know, they kind of reference that and the spot's motivation from here on out becomes, I want to be more than a villain of the week, you know, again, another perfect move by the creators of this movie. Yeah, it, it I... I thought it was great. I thought it was a, like a good, funny open and, and like very like Spider-Man, very, you know, reminded me of Tobey Maguire's awkward Spider-Man a bit um, and, and how like tardy he always was. But for the spot to actually become this, this gigantic force that really we're, we don't see a whole lot, right? The spot. He does kind of drop off after the uh, I want to call it the first act, but maybe like halfway through the second act of this movie. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like we get we get one more big set piece with him in uh, um, in one of the Earths, um, probably in, my favorite place that we new, uh, where Spider Man India is. Yes. Uh, new, yes. Bum, new Mumbai. I don't know. New, something like that. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's a combination of Mumbai and Manhattan, uh, like Mumbatan or something. I think that's uh, it yeah um but yeah for the for them to do that it's just it you know it's it's so cool now it is important to note obviously if you're listening right now you're you're in the spoiler section this is very very much a part one of two this mm-hmm. is a, a dune situation right like this movie ends in the middle of the story like that's not to say there isn't some sort of resolution i I really do think there is a good resolution, but the story is not over. We are we are in the middle of the story. And so the spot drops off, but we know that we're going to see the spot again. Yeah. Yeah. He will return. Um and he gets <laughs> he goes through quite a transformation in this movie as well. He goes from, you know, this kind of schlubby looking villain to something much more terrifying by the end of the movie. Yes. 
yeah and that's when we're introduced like the spot it's really cool because the spot is like the entire motivation for the movie right like we get the whole like multiverse hopping through the spot and and then we learn about the canon events through the spot um not to detract from that but one thing i just remembered that i really loved that they did with their with his character was really funny um so the spot keeps telling miles that he is from his past that their fates are intertwined and miles is like what are you talking about and call back to into the spider-verse um you might remember a scene where miles throws a bagel at a scientist in the background (laughs) that is the spot (laughs) i thought was hilarious i haven't had a chance to go back and rewatch into the spider-verse yet but i am very looking forward to being like that's the spot that we, yeah <laughs> i want to see if, if it holds up if they actually plan that out in advance yeah well i mean that did, did make me think a little bit of like now and this feels more organic but like in um in uh far from home the way that they seed Mysterio's uh, storyline in the history of the MCU, that he's there in the Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 and the original Iron Man, right? Like all these people are part of the whole story from the very beginning. So that's that's really clever. But it it does feel more organic. I trust these filmmakers. Like everything they do, I assume that it is 100% intentional. And that there's no retconning or going back. Like I think that they are planting every seed they want and and sowing it to fruition. Yeah, and I think that speaks to the amount of care that was put into this film. Um, the creators, I mean, even selecting the spot and thinking we can turn this kind of joke of a villain into this the big villain, the big bad of this movie. Uh, is kind of ingenious. I mean, the spot, yeah. like I said, he just had this weird teleporting ability, but what if we made those like multiversal portals, you know? And it works with the movie. And another little tidbit that I found really funny, um, the spot even, it through his spots, through his portals, actually visits the convenience store owner from the first Venom movie. Oh, oh, that's fun. I didn't know I I didn't know who that was. Yes. And so I assumed I assumed I was missing a reference. And I was like, oh, this is still fun. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's a scene um in the Venom in the first Venom movie um with you know Tom Hardy Venom in uh in that convenience store, and it's that same owner. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why she doesn't look phased when she sees a spot. She's like, I've seen worse than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. I I do especially like that the reason that he discovers his power is because he has literally kicked his own ass. Yeah. Right? Like that is that is the whole that is the whole starting point of all of this is that he has kicked his own ass into his spot and he's like within himself and then you know figures yeah. out his his true power it's oh my goodness like michael we are we're like 20 minutes into this movie if that right like and yeah. we're and we're gushing over the first tiny little fight that we get from miles morales and 
And that kind of just sets the stage. But what happens now, what happens at this point is, is really where I think the movie is flexing. It is flexing and how good it is at storytelling that from this point on, we get like 40 minutes, I would say, of almost no Spider-Man. Right? Yeah. It's, and, it's at this point, it's just Miles and his family. Yeah. And as we said earlier, you know, this movie takes its time. And I'm assuming that a lot of this groundwork that they laid with Miles and his family is going to have a huge payoff in uh, the second part, in part two, um, just because of things that happen later in the movie that we will talk about soon. But uh, yeah, the movie really takes its time, and none of that really feels boring at all. You know, it's no. it's funny, it's relatable. There's a lot of heart to it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I'm kind of in between all of this, which is which is really interesting. Um, you know, I'm a little old to relate to Miles, and I'm a little young to relate to his parents. So I find myself kind of relating with both of them, kind of like seeing the sides of both of them and and understanding the trouble that they're all going through and how hard it is for all of them and the movie is so i mean it's already primed you at the very beginning from going away from miles that when we get these scenes where miles isn't in them when we're just talking to the the, their parents it doesn't feel weird it doesn't feel like where's spider-man because the movie's already told you that this movie is far more than just a movie about spider-man or spider-men or spider-women like this is a movie about people right Mm -hmm. i I just oh and hats off to um you know the the voice actors for uh miles's parents uh especially the voice actor for his dad um brian tyree henry i think is his name of atlanta fame and the eternals um yeah i would say us fame but that's okay he wasn't in us really am i thinking of someone else no ryan not all black people look the same who am i thinking of that's in us you're thinking of winston duke from oh that is that is 100 who i'm thinking of oh man or Ryan. He's in a widow's. Okay, sorry. I, I'm getting all my all my great all films my, mixed up. All my black dudes mixed up. <laughs> it's also in if Beale Street could talk. He's he's in some fantastic things. Yeah, yeah. No, he's a he's a great actor. Great actor. You're gonna edit the part about me getting uh Winston Duke mixed up with Brian Tyree Henry, right? <laughs> Probably not. Great. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah no brian brian Tyree henry is fantastic um yeah i first saw him in uh i hope you've seen if beale street could talk if you haven't that's a fantastic film it's on um, my to watch list oh sure. jesus that that thing is incredible um and that one is that is that i know we're getting off topic that's barry jenkins that's the guy who did moonlight right it is barry jenkins yes. and and i liked if beale street could talk more than moonlight but i am in the minority i think um but i thought that movie was fantastic anyway interesting the point is like we have some fantastic actors doing like real voice work and not mailing it in yeah i i had a look after i watched this movie i watched or sorry i looked at the voice cast 
Um, and there is a lot of people that I didn't catch. For example, did you know Andy Samberg is the voice of Ben Riley, the Scarlet Spider? I did know that, yeah. I yeah. didn't catch that at yeah. all. Um played perfectly. That's the that's the pain and like the, the, the one is like pain. My whole world is pain. Yeah, and that yeah. is yes. that is exactly <laughs> that character. Uh, ben Riley also known as the Scarlet Spider, for anyone that doesn't know, is this known as like the Spider-Man of the 90s. I mean, like Peter Parker was still around, but that's when his character was created. And he is like, as a product of the 90s, very, um, uh, he's all about his pain and like slow walks in the rain, if you catch my drift type of thing. Are you trying to dance around emo? Is he the emo Spider-Man? I actually didn't. the 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 word emo didn't come to mind, but that's a perfect descriptor, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what he felt like to me. Emo, um, grungy, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the the voice, the I'm looking, I'm looking at the cast right now. I didn't know Daniel Kaluuya was uh, Spider Punk. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I saw the movie with my cousin. I turned to him and I'm like, you know, that's Daniel Kaluuya, because just because. Uh, they're both UK mans, and he was like, yeah. "Oh, no way, bruv." <laughs> yeah, well, and, and like, I mean, like most of the Daniel Kaluuya that I've seen is an American accent, so that was mm. that was especially weird. Also, uh, shout out to Spider Punk. Uh, he he didn't tell any lies the whole movie, a million languages, and he chose to speak facts the whole time. <laughs> it's so good. I love oh. my anti-capitalist Spider Man. I was I was very sad that we didn't get um spider noir, but like the fact that we got spider punk almost made up for it. Yeah, yeah. Um and and yeah, he was great. Another uh, couple of people that were in this movie uh that I don't think it was spoiled, but you read more internets than me, so uh maybe you knew that Donald Glover was in this movie. I didn't know that going in. So that's another cameo that we see. So we've kind of gotten off topic with the plot, but that's fine. If, if you're listening to this, you saw the damn movie, I hope. And if you didn't, I am really sorry, but we warned you. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> but basically what happens is um, we go to this hub of all the spider people. And uh, in this hub, they also keep all of the villains that have fallen in and out of uh, the multiverse. And one of those villains is Donald Glover as the Prowler. Now, I don't know how much you know about this, Ryan, but some important lore to this scene. So Donald Glover, when he was younger and kind of up and coming, was always touted as get this guy to play Miles Morales. Yeah, right? yeah, I knew this. But it just never happened and never came to fruition, even though, you know, people were pulling for him. There's even like little Easter eggs in community um, saying that, like, oh, he should be he should be Spider-Man. And then he kind of got close to it when he was in Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, yeah. in Spider-Man Homecoming, he plays um, Miles's uncle, whose name is escaping me aaron davis aaron davis yeah aaron davis who as we know becomes a prowler so what does that tell us that 
Donald Glover does eventually become the Prowler and that there must be a Miles Morales in the MCU. Let's go. Uh, yeah, I I don't think we're... I mean, maybe in 20 years, I don't think the MCU is brave enough and, and honestly competent enough to tell this story. Well, if I recall correctly... Um, I think it's Sony that announced a mile a live action Miles Morales movie. They just announced it last week. Oh, did they? It's in development. Okay. Um, I don't know if there's gonna be any crossover with the MCU. Sure. I'm assuming it's just Tom Holland's Peter Parker that's loaned out to Marvel. Yeah. Not any other characters like my like Miles or Gwen or so on. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, no, that was the the use. So the you know this movie definitely walks the tightrope of fan service and nostalgia perfectly. We get we get tons of references to you know. So one of the big things, I guess, we're talking about plot. You know, we get led to this hub that's ho- holding all the Spider Men and also holding all the villains, and we learn about canon events, which I thought was a brilliant plot plot device, but also meta commentary on, on these on this story. The idea that all of these Spider People have to have certain things happen in their life, so like their their closest like the captain of the the police force or whatever has to die their uncle has to die right all of these things have to happen in order to be a spider-man or a spider person and just before they get to this hub uh miles morales has stopped uh probably my favorite character from the (laughs) from the movie uh uh uh, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say the um, the character's name right, but basically the the Indian Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, so we are in Manhattan Mom, Mom, or something. Manhattan, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm sure what it's called, but essentially it's 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 a Indian version of New York, or it's it's you know it, it's everything you think about Manhattan and all that. And their Spider-Man is Indian, and he is fantastic. He thinks it's the easiest job in the world. Doesn't <laughs> want to work out too much to get too buff. Uh, I, I love, <laughs> I loved that line. That was really it's funny. so good. Yeah, it honestly, it felt like a role that they could have made a horrible mistake and given to like Kamal Nanjani, and I feel like that would have ruined it. I think it, in like a in a past. In an alternate reality, in another universe, it yeah. was Kamel Nanjani. But instead, you know who it was? Uh, well, I, Karen Sani, but that doesn't mean anything to me. He was the cab driver in Deadpool. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and he was in Safety Not Guaranteed. That's a cool little indie film. That, um, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, he was he was fantastic. and um so so we're in his world and miles morales saves the police chief from dying essentially stopping this canon event that is threatening to destroy their entire universe that that is what happens if you stop a canon event you're threatening the universe your your universe with destruction 
And um, yes, and so they they we, we learn about all these things, and then we learn that Miles Morales's dad, the captain, the newly promoted captain, has to die, and that becomes that becomes the, the plot of the movie, which is so. This movie is incredible because there is no plot. There is no real like, what do I have to do? Yeah, like we don't find out what the real plot of this movie is until like the last like I want to say 50, 40 minutes or maybe, so. Yeah, maybe even less than that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's absolutely bonkers that they hold that. Now we're given hints, like at the you know, the very beginning when we meet like this this trans-dimensional force, they make references on why miles could never be part of it and we don't know why but we know that he can't be part of it and that they all agree on this and we learn that gwen doesn't actually want to see miles and is actually working in his universe but for them to hold that back i mean you think about think about um it's hard not to compare this movie to infinity war simply because of the way it ends Mm -hmm. but if you think about infinity war like we know the plot of the movie in the first five minutes. Like we know that Thanos is collecting stones. Yeah. In fact, I think Mark Ruffalo literally tells us that, like almost word for word. Yeah. And and so like there is there's a clarity. Here there is no clarity. We're just following blindly through these universes and we're not sure why we're there. But it's great. Like it's it's fantastic. The visuals are enough to keep you hooked throughout the entire thing. But yeah, we don't really get the main plot until the end. And I think that the main plot was I think it was it was it was just so well done. Because mm-hmm. you know? it all it all makes sense, right? Basically it kind of hinges on Miles is a glitch. He is not supposed to be a Spider-Man. The fact that he got bit by a spider that's not from his world, again, thanks to the spot, means that he has kind of thrown his own universe out of whack. If he hadn't gotten bit by that spider, his own Peter Parker would still be alive. And that means that there is another universe out there that doesn't have their own spider-man and you know for a lot of this movie i was like i was excited to see miles you know kind of fully developed after all of the character development that we had in into the spider-verse but lo and behold there's actually more character development on the way and what a great way to set it up by giving miles this kind of existential challenge that he has to overcome which is a i am not supposed to be a spider-man b i want to be a hero and save my dad but i'm not supposed to be a spider-man and in classic spider-man fashion you know miles says i can do it all yeah yeah and and uh like it's hard um tell me you didn't get some like luke luke skywalker vibes a little bit like you know leaving leaving Dagobah or whatever to, to go is it Dagobah I'm, I'm not a Star, Star Wars nerd but you know we made a lot of um Infinity War comparisons but I think Empire Strikes Back is also a good comparison yes yeah I've heard a lot of people compare it to Empire Strikes Back partly because it's it's I would argue partly because it's better than a really good first entry into a trilogy 
it's 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 the best one um so i think that's part of it but also because of how dark it is and and like where it leaves our characters and i don't know uh michael but i i, I really want to talk about the ending of this movie i think i think we're good to start talking about the ending the ending of this movie is perfect now i did not think that into the spy or across the spider verse and fast x would have something in common oh no but they do and they, they, they do they have something very important in common they both end on a relative cliffhanger now there is a version that did it very very well and there's a version that did it very very bad for a second i thought you were going to say vin diesel ended up in an alternate universe <laughs> i was like holy shit i need to go see fast sex well both movies are also about family let's be honest but there there is a very hard um and i I guess this is a spoiler for you michael and i'm sorry uh but but fast x ends on a cliffhanger almost akin to to be continued like you're watching like a telenovela or something on tv and it ends with a character like mid-air jumping off off of a cliff and you don't know what's gonna happen that is that is in an effect how fast x how fast x ends like something has happened and we we are not privy to the resolution mm-hmm. in spider-man across the spider-verse i was afraid for one moment that we would get that because we are we are transported to a world miles morales uses the return home machine which is very well named uh it's fan that was, that was fantastic he's returned home to where he thinks is his home and only in this moment does he quickly learn like does he suddenly learn that he is not in the correct universe he is in the universe that the spider came from that bit him not his actual universe where he shouldn't have been spider-man and so we see his mother we see his uncle and his father is dead Mm-hmm. And then we 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 think that the uncle is the prowler. The the uncle is like suiting up or getting stuff ready, and and he says something like, "No, no, no, I'm not the prowler." And we yep. see the real prowler walk in. What a great reveal! It's so good. Is. But but if this movie was mean, and I think I would have hated this perfect movie. But like a perfect movie wouldn't have done this if they just ended it. Right, if they don't, if they don't take off the prowler's mask, but they take off the prowler's masks, and who do we see? Miles Morales. Miles Morales is the prowler because in this universe there is no Spider-Man. It and and oh, it's it was so good. It so was... what I'm wondering going into this next part is the prowler in this universe a bad guy or a good guy? That's that's very interesting. Um, it would be a really cool subversion if he is a good guy. I think I think they might go the good guy route because you know, as I said, you know they they have this whole plot point about Miles being a glitch. What if this is kind of you know in in this storytelling world universe, their way of saying Miles is always meant to be a hero, Spider Man or not, he's always yeah. meant to be a hero. He's he's a hero, yeah. That that's really interesting. I will say this, and and I don't know if you can if you could do this, but if you think back to 2018 and you're trying to predict what they would do with across the universe, 
I feel like we would have gotten zero out of a thousand questions wrong, like in Absolutely. terms of <laughs> so so to like simplify it with like, okay, is Mal is Miles a good guy or a bad guy? I feel like the writers are so beyond that binary that like both of those, if if you answer that question either way, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, no, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. And and that's I'm just I'm so excited. I have heard now. I don't believe it for a second, but I've heard that the next movie is slated for March 2024. There's no way that's going to stick. It, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it might move, but it will come out next year because these two movies were done back to back. Were the original, they? The original plan was actually for them to come out six months apart. I believe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, this this original movie. Like this one got pushed. Like this movie is delayed, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and like honestly, I am now a fan. Delay your movie. Delay it until it's ready. Please do not release a bad movie. Take all the time you need. If you're James Cam- James Cameron and you need 13 years, sure, that's fine. I well, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> don't uh, don't listen to Ryan. Okay, he's he's had one IPA too many. Uh, we, don't, we, <laughs> we don't need we don't need to wait 12 years for this movie hey you want to take a year that's fine i get it <laughs> i get it you want to release a good product but any more than that and i riot you right. i riot. Right. Oh. i find my nearest cineplex or amc for you american folks and i burn that sucker to the ground <laughs> yeah that's Great, yeah, you're definitely you're definitely hurting the filmmakers. <laughs> That's all right. People don't go to the theaters anymore anyway. Um, <laughs> I will say there was some really positive news in terms of the numbers. I think I think it made 120 million over the weekend. That's uh, it, it's not beating any of the records that Super Mario Brothers set, right? No, no, it won't it won't beat those because this is not quite the four quadrant movie that that is that Super Mario is. Um, but for an animated Spider-Man movie to make 120 million dollars, like that's that's pretty awesome. I mean, the first one made like less than half of that, I think, in the first weekend. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Um, for as much positive reception as the first one gets, it didn't make a lot of money when it was in theaters. And I think no. a lot of that has to deal with the fact that it came out around Christmas time, right? I remember that trailer and and I was like what is this an animated spider movie a pass like th- this can't be good like why would they make an animated movie if they're trying to be serious um and obviously I was very very wrong like you know into the spider verse is probably the best spider-man movie up to that point I would argue and there's a fight between spider-man 2 maybe and 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 into the spider verse but now so, it's the second best movie. That actually kind of brings me to, I think, what's going to be our final segment on this episode, okay. which is where does this movie rank for you in or out of all of the Spider-Man movies that we have so far? So th- this is a really tricky question. Mm-hmm. Is this the best made Spider-Man movie that we've ever seen? Yes. Like I, I think I think that is like objectively true as a construction, as as a piece to look at, as a character piece, all of those things. I think this is the best Spider-Man movie. 
is this the one I'm going to watch the most? Probably not. Like, I think I will rewatch Into the Spider-Verse more than I rewatch Across the Spider-Verse. And I was thinking about this as, as the movie was ending yesterday. I loved every second of it. But it is a harder, it, it, it demands a little bit more from your emotions, from your, um, it, you know, f- just just from your eye, like literally from your eyes and scanning the screen. Um, and because it's Empire Strikes Back, because it's this dark place it leaves you in, it isn't as happy, right? Like they're, the what's up danger moment in, mm. in Into the Spider-Verse might be might already now be one of the most iconic moments in film of the last 50 years like we will always remember that moment or at least i will the what's up danger is just incredible yeah but instead of a what's up danger moment in this movie we get like 200 spider people chasing after miles (laughs) sure sure (laughs) so i mean to be fair to be fair (laughs) <laughs> and and that's that's a cool moment but like i think i think it's harder like this movie is going to be harder to pinpoint like the iconic like what is the iconic moment of this movie that's not to say like like you know th- this is a five-star movie and into the spider-verse is a five-star movie like we were talking about two of the best spider-man and i i would say superhero movies ever made period like mm. we have peaked I am worried about the third one because how the hell can they do this three times in a row? So I have, after watching this, I have all the faith in the world that they can pull off this third one. And I think it's going to end up as one of the best superhero trilogies ever. Yeah. You know, Yeah. I will say for my rankings... I, I already love Into the Spider-Verse. I mean, if you've been on my letterbox profile, you know that's in my top four, right? And I was thinking this whole movie, I'm like, this might top Into the Spider-Verse. And I love this movie. I think I like it more than Into the Spider-Verse, as much as I love that movie. But... Well- stay with me for a second. Okay, I'm with you, because I'm about to call you a name. But don't do that. But I will take half a star off from this movie. As much as I loved it, I enjoy it. I will probably go back to it a bunch of times. But I had to take half a star off because, you know, very similar to Dune, this is just a part one, right? And it, 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 and when you do this to a movie where you end it on a cliffhanger like that, it kind of becomes defined by its part two. So let's say part two doesn't stick the landing. That kind of impacts this one a little bit more negatively, right? But I will make a distinction between this movie and something like Infinity War. I think that this movie has more in common with like a Dune part one than Infinity War because you can watch Infinity War and it's its own self-contained story. You know, we get our beginning to end typical classic resolution. And sure, we get some resolution in this movie, but it still ends on that cliffhanger. And I know Infinity War has a cliffhanger, <laughs> but 
I can still watch Infinity War and be like, hey, that's a complete product. You know, I don't have to watch Endgame right after. Right? Yes, you I might, do. I might, I might be interested in Endgame <laughs> yes, right after. Do. I was definitely walking out of the theater very interested in it. But nowadays, I can watch Infinity War and I'm like, hey, I'm good. I actually prefer Infinity War to Endgame. But that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that too. But this movie, just because of where it ends, honestly, I was a little bit surprised that it ended the way that it did. I knew going into it, it ends on a cliffhanger, but I did not expect it to end where it did. I figured when we got to Earth 42 and we got the uh, Miles Prowler reveal that we had at least another 20 to 30 minutes left. So I was a little bit surprised by that. That being said, I love this movie. It's fantastic. I've gushed about it for about an hour now. Of course, I love this movie. But it does hinge greatly on what happens next. Oh, man. I I mean, we've kind of touched on this a little bit. But I, I, I so hard disagree I don't think you're allowed to disagree. I don't think that a movie needs to tie all of its bows to end. And I think, I think we have this expectation, but I think this movie has an arc and it finishes its arc. Miles has gone home. We learn that it's the wrong home, but he has completed his journey. Does he have a new journey that he has to start? Absolutely. But we, our arc is complete. And and I I agree that like this series will be tainted a little bit if the third one is somehow bad. I also don't think that's possible. Like with you, I think that these, you know, I, I think they wrote these two stories together. So there is a resolution to it. It's not like they wrote this and they're like, well, shit. Well, I guess we have two years to figure out where we're gonna go. Like mm-hmm. they already know where they're gonna go, and I'm I'm confident. But the like. Just like Empire Strikes Back, just like Infinity War, our story isn't finished, and we know that, but the movie is still allowed to end. And I think this movie does a good job of setting up what's coming next, but resolving the important things. Who's the Prowler? Miles 42. Like, what? where is everybody? We know exactly where everybody is. It's just like the breaking of the fellowship at the end of one, right? Like this story is not even close to over, but you know, we, we know what's on the table for the next one. And that doesn't stop fellowship from being the best film to some, not to me, but to some in the trilogy, like that has the least of an ending of all of them. And they, they put all the endings in the third movie and, and some extra ones in case you wanted more, right? Um, but I think the difference, though, so what I, what I didn't mention is one of the things that really surprised me about this is, yes, we get a climax, which is, you know, the train or whatever to the moon that Miles uh, uh, distracts all the spider people with. And we get that as our climax. But what I was expecting, I think, and, you know, perhaps this is my own fault for even expecting this, is... I agree. Hey, 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 let me finish. (laughs) And perhaps this might be my fault for expecting this, but 
I was expecting at least one more confrontation with the spot, right? Or some other kind of final climactic battle before it ended. So we get that in Infinity War. We get the massive battle with Thanos. We get the battle on uh, on Wakanda. Um, in Empire Strikes Back, we even get that. We got a battle between Luke and Darth Vader, right? Um, I just, I didn't really see, I didn't get that same climactic feeling from Across the Spider-Verse, or at least that climactic feeling happened, but I didn't realize, oh, that's our climax, right? Mm. So that's where my surprise comes from. Sure. I'm I'm fully willing, you know, in a year's in a year's time, whenever uh, part two drops, to revisit this as uh, as an old take, old take, a bad <laughs> take, whatever we called it. Yeah. You know? I'm we'll fully take. open to that. <laughs> but as of right now, you know, I I kind of have to hold it back a little bit in my rating. Because it's so dependent on part two, um, but that being said, it's still an amazing movie to watch, and I'm going to rewatch it over and over and over again wherever this ends up. I I just want to mention one last thing, and I'll let you I'll let you keep it at that. You can you can you can have that opinion, but you even yourself admitted that Infinity War is the better film than Endgame. So the fact that Endgame mm-hmm. wasn't as good as Infinity War still like still bolstered that first film. And that's what didn't... I'm saying. Infinity War is its own product. Infinity War can exist separately from Endgame. But so can across the Spider-Verse. We will see. We don't know that yet. Well, sure we do, because the story, like, how many comic books end re- with a resolution? How um, many how many comic books end with and the end like and we're done well that's right? that's not a fair comparison to make because we're watching comic, a comic books, book comic books are consistently serialized ryan but, they're also yeah. like 26 pages but, compared to this two and a half hour movie but that's what this movie is it's like we've just read seven comics and that's what this movie yeah, is Yeah, you know doing. what they call that? That's a volume, right? Okay, well, we've read volume one, but, like, volume one is its own standalone, and it's fantastic. And it typically, doesn't need volume Typically, two. volumes contain, like, a, a series. Like, they do come to a conclusion. This okay, is not well, a good we're, comparison to we're, me. We're, we're getting in semantics, but my point is, the comic, the comic medium that this is absolutely emulating doesn't have a neat resolution and that's the point i think i think that's not a great comparison to make because unfortunately yes we are watching a comic book come to screen but we are also watching a movie at the end of the day right maybe otherwise otherwise why not just put a slideshow (laughs) of different comic panels on screen then because because we have technology to make the move Right? That I mean, what is this movie but a shit ton of comic panels? I think to reduce it to a shit ton of comic panels is well, I'm not, not I'm very not, kind. I'm not, I'm not reducing it. You're now you're just attacking all of our comic book readers. Comic books are the true form of art, oh, and uh, <laughs> all of our com- all of our comic book readers, such as myself and you, who has. Who admitted about haven't read Spider Man? Hasn't no. read, hasn't read a Spider Man comic. No, I read. I've read others. I've read comic books. I just haven't read Spider Man. My all that's to say. My my point is, um, we and maybe see. maybe this is an age thing, but like, yeah, I, I 
you know, not all stories have to have endings. Hey, I loved it. It was great. But I just think it ended in a kind of weird place. That's it. All right. Well, if you disagree with Michael, uh, you can send emails to the podcast at the hot... uh, What is our... Oh, damn. (laughs) You don't even know the email, man. Come on. I should know this. Well, if you want to uh, get at Ryan for any of his past takes, and there's been a lot of bad ones, trust me, um, you can reach him at (laughs) 5. Oh, damn. You better believe that. What is our our email? I didn't put it in the the notes here. Gosh. Well, I guess I'll have to figure that out. Maybe it's on our previous pod. I can listen back. I want to. I want to say it's the hot take. Honestly, I, I'm just gonna post this on TikTok, and then the TikTok comments. You can fight us in there. Oh, that's fair. There we go. I think it's httmpod at gmail.com. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, httmpod at gmail.com. Nine oh six three one. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and t- yeah, TikTok, Instagram. Let us know what you think. Um, did you love this movie or only really like this movie? That's really the only two opinions you're allowed to have. Um, I would actually want to hear from someone who didn't like this movie. Uh, I'm just curious. Like, were your eyes closed the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna be nice. I'm like, okay, fine. I guess we can, you know, extend an olive branch. Were you drunk or something? Um, I mean, even if you were drunk, like I think this would be a fantastic movie. The colors would still be great, right? Like, (laughs) oh, pretty colors. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But yeah, thank you for listening. Honestly, go see Spider Man right now. If like like finish this, go out and see it. This movie is well. If honestly, if you're listening, you've probably seen it because uh, hopefully you didn't have all the this stuff spoiled for you, but. What an incredible movie. And uh, I think Michael and I both agree this is like a top tier superhero film. I don't even think I don't even think we have to put Spider-Man on this, right? It's it's a great animated movie. It's a great movie, period. Great superhero movie. Um, yeah. I I'm tempted to say it's one of the best Spider-Man movies we've ever we've ever gotten. Spider-Man 2 has always been at the top of my list. And this just might knock it off so go see it go see this fucking movie this 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 it's a shame like the oscars don't matter but man it's a shame that this isn't going to get a nomination for best picture because it absolutely should the the way that this movie is created like how are we not rewarding movies that do this this is this movie is incredible and it's the best movie that I've seen this year. And I saw John Wick 4 this year. True. Yeah. I saw John Wick 4 twice. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, why way to way to story top me, Michael. <laughs> um, you think you're better than me? You think you're <laughs> um all right. I think we've devolved. I think uh, our one beer each is uh coursing through our system with strength. Um so yeah, the Spider-Man movie. Once again, good. thank thank you for listening. Uh, as Michael Michael works on his uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation. I'll be uh, back. 
<laughs> uh, we'll both be back with another episode. Um, hopefully, hopefully, this last five minutes haven't changed your mind on being back. And yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us, and uh, we look forward to to more to more episodes. Yep. Thank you, everyone. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.